0: Hi, it's Yona Bud. I've been working with young people and adults for more than 40 years, helping them to live their best life. Now on this podcast, I do it for you too. That's why we call it At Your Best, so I can help you become your best self each week. So let's explore stories from all across Canada and celebrate how strong we really are, even when we feel at our weakest. Do you text and drive? Do you stare at your phone while walking? Well, both can be equally dangerous, and we'll talk about why. And people who are changing retirement plans, and it might be fun, was it for the best and it's an existing stigma holding police officers back from being at their best we speak with one to see what he has to say on the subject and why he did finally start being at his best we also look into why shopping can be so addictive around the holiday season and if an 11 year old billionaire daughter should be flaunting her lavish lifestyle on TikTok and why you should let your kids draw on the walls so sit back relax and get ready to listen to ways we can help make you be at your best Ever been involved in a situation? Maybe you got a ticket for distracted driving or someone close to you, a loved one, one of your kids, maybe your partner or someone you work with or a buddy, you know, sitting in the car next to you. And all of a sudden you look over on your phone, trying to figure out who just texted you because you can hear the beep, beep, right? You can hear the notification. And if you have a smart car, it even comes all through your system. So you can't avoid it because now it's through 14 speakers, right? You get this beep like your head wants to fall off. So are you a distracted driver? Is that you? Distracted walker? Walking along the street, perhaps one of the busy streets in your neighborhood, you know, one of those streets you walk to to go to work or to school or, you know, down the street to go to the club or whatever it is you're doing or your grandma's place. And you can walk that way pretty much with your eyes closed. So what you do is you zone out, throw your earbuds in or your headphones or whatever, and either get locked or lost in some song or some podcast. Yeah, it's a big deal these days, right? People are listening to and concentrating on podcasts while walking and driving. It's a whole different discussion. We'll get there just in a minute or two. So I want to hear from you. 877-399-9898. I want to hear what you think. Anybody there online, let me know what you're thinking. I want to know if you believe that there's such a thing as distracted driving or distracted walking. Or if you ever gone down the street, I'm going to share a story in a few minutes. Ever been dra- driving down the street, you know, trying to get to work, maybe drop the kids off, get around the corner to pick up some takeout. You know, you're driving down that, you know, that neighborhood that you always drive in. And it's that time of the day where things are busy on the street. People call it rush hour. It depends on where you are. It's, you know, in some cities like Toronto, Vancouver, some of the big, big, busier, bigger cities, it's gridlock all the time. Never seems to be a busy period. It's always a busy period. Ryan in Coquitlam. How you doing? Hello. How, how you doing, Ryan?
1: Hey, good. Thanks for taking my call. So i just like to say that I live in the Tri-City area as I have my whole life. And I, I'm so surprised uh, I live in an area that's got lots of new construction. And just I see people on their phones on the corner of the, of the sidewalk ready to cross the street. And they're oblivious that they're you know, yeah. two to three feet away from moving traffic. That yeah. you know, it it just uh, it surprises me, and I wish more could be done to to make people aware of what's going on.
0: Yeah, well, we're trying to do that right now, brother. So you're really helping by uh, chiming in here. I really appreciate the call. And uh, have you ever found yourself? since I got you. Uh, you're, it's probably only you and me that's up at this hour of the night, anyway. Just kidding. But uh, where you are, I guess it's the middle of the evening, so it's okay. But you know, have you found yourself driving? and you're behind somebody, and you get to a stop sign or a stop light or something, and you clearly know that they're not concentrating on driving because no sensible, intelligent human being would drive like that if they were actually focused on driving. And you know damn well in your mind that this guy's on the phone. He's doing something, right? Am I, like, am I crazy or has this really happened, bro? Ryan, still there? Yes, I am. I see. Can you hear me? Yeah, man. I see the
1: same thing here. I see the same thing here. It's, um, you know, people doing brake checks because they all of a sudden they look up, and now you're slamming on your brakes or, or braking hard, and it's tough. I tell you, it's yeah. everywhere. It's, it's yeah. everywhere. And, you know, you see, one thing I'd like to say is I know the police officers, they're all doing their jobs, and sometimes you see a police officer not looking down. I'll be driving beside somebody, a police officer, and you'll see, look over, and they're on that computer in their are Yeah. Car
0: i had okay. somebody write into me actually when i was uh thinking about doing this show one of my buddies said you know you're going to talk to the cops first because if you look down those first responders they're all over their machines right all day long right i appreciate the call brother stay safe and uh keep your eyes open for those morons that can't stay off their phone especially if they're walking the walking ones are dangerous too steve in calgary bro how are you doing
2: i'm doing well how are you
0: You know, I'm okay. I'm just uh, a little frustrated, but I'm glad we can be here, you and I, talking about this right now. You know what I'm talking about? These distracted drivers, distracted walkers. Like, what the hell are they thinking? They're behind these giant machines that can kill people, and they'd rather focus on some silly phone call or text message. What do you think?
2: Well, I'll just share with you a couple of things. Uh, I live next to a school, uh, elementary. Uh, The kid had uh, earbuds in his ear. Uh, And he was trying to negotiate across the uh, crosswalk, the uh, person in front. He waved them through. Uh, He went through uh, the lady behind him, 80 years old. I know her. Uh, He waved her through. She didn't want to go. She held on till he uh, started crossing. He didn't want to do that. He started. He got off the sidewalk. He's still trying to adjust something in his earbud's. Oh, Um uh, The lady ended up by hitting him.
3: Oh, my god! Not goodness. running
2: him over completely underneath. Wow, well, oh, she was besides goodness. herself. Uh, he you, was saw, you, you saw this, Steve? You yeah, saw this?
0: yeah. I was on the
2: sidewalk. Wow. I uh, took my dog and tried to lift up the kid. You're not supposed oh. to do that, by the way, because...
0: Yeah, I, know. I got
2: yelled at by the uh, EMS. I got yelled at by the fire guy. <laughs> I got yelled at by the police. Uh, but when the police arrived, the fire, the ambulance, the kid was okay. The mother was there arriving late. Mother was yeah. screaming. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the kid. They checked him, patted him, hit him, slapped him, did everything. Uh, he He was okay. But we couldn't get the 82-year-old to release the steering wheel to get out of the car. We couldn't oh do that. Gosh.
0: Oh my gosh! So well, listen, uh, I'm, is, I'm, glad, I, I'm glad. I'm I'm it turned out that every did everybody turn out to come out of that thing alive, Steve. I just got to take some more calls here. But, everybody, was, uh, I, everybody interested. is okay. Yeah, it's Just that the, Crazy, the woman is eh? in shock. Crazy. Can you imagine? And I wonder how long it's going to take that kid. To put his earbuds back in and start walking the same way he did, and you know, is what, buddy? You know do what, buddy? You know what, Next twenty-four hours, exactly. You, you know, know what, I'm Steve? You know what's going to happen? Yeah, you know exactly. You know what's going to happen, Steve? They're going to blame the driver, right? It's always going to be exactly, a buddy. maybe it is exactly. the driver's fault, but who knows? Yeah. Anyway, I appreciate, I appreciate the call, my friend. I do, I really do. Thank you so much. Mark is in North Delta, and uh, you got a distraction story to tell me, buddy. Oh, constantly,
4: every day, multiple times. Um, <laughs> I, I don't take public transit anymore. It's, it's not really practical, and I, and I don't have to. Yeah. Uh, plus, it's not very pleasant anyhow. Um, That's
0: another story.
4: Yeah, it, it's actually highly unusual when I look at bus stops to see a person not on their device. But the, the real danger is the drivers. I get it. It's an addiction. It's like smoking. It's an addiction. However, whatever the, the current fine is, if you want to stop this, you've got to double or triple the fine and then maybe start adding points because it's just a state of lawlessness out there. Um, so the pedestrians are more of a danger to themselves as to the drivers. You look over and um, someone texting on their phone. I mean, it's, it's an addiction. I get it, but it's not acceptable in society today. It's like drunk driving.
0: Let's get back to business. I got two friends on hold here. I got my friend uh, Mark in uh, in uh, North Delta and uh, Catherine. They're both holding. We're going to get back to them in just a second here. We're talking about distracted driving. You can call in 877-399-9898 or you can text. And I want to know from you: Have you been involved in a situation where distracted driving is, you know, something? Maybe you got a ticket for, or something that you know you found yourself in, you know, behind a vehicle where you knew the guy, where your person was on the phone or distracted walking. Yeah, let's talk about distracted walking here uh, in just a minute. So that's what we're talking about. 877-399-9898. Lots of people lined up, but I do want to talk to you and we'll go as long as we can uh, to talk to as many people as possible because this stuff is crazy. Crazy. Mark, thanks for hanging in. So, distracted walking, that's the thing that I've been thinking about and talking about since last week, since I was coming home from the dentist early in the morning because it's the only time you could see me and seeing all these kids walk into school. And, dude, I'm telling you, man, like they're completely clueless about the world around them. It's like a lost
4: generation in a way, isn't it? Yeah. Really? But um, yeah. Yeah. you got to be aware of your surroundings. Anyhow, a couple quick points. Um, I'm one of the uh, very, very rare few that don't have a cell phone i choose not to have one i don't need one it may sound ludicrous but <laughs> i feel better for it um you, you Clearly just have you're not going to be distracted um, when you're walking you. or
0: driving then yeah
4: but um yeah, just people somehow have to find a way just to be aware of your surroundings you don't yeah. want to be hit at a bus stop by somebody that's lost control when you should be. Paying yeah, it's, attention, it's, you know? it's, it's
0: ridiculous, my friend. I, you know, it, it just makes no sense to me how people are, you know, they just, you wouldn't, you wouldn't operate a, you know, a machine or, or try to cut up a vegetable while you're, you know, reading a text message. I know maybe some people would, I don't know. Appreciate the call though. And hanging in there for me, Mark, I appreciate it. And uh, we'll hear from you again real soon. Catherine, you are the most patient person I've known this evening. Thank you so much for hanging in with me. What's up?
3: Well, thank you. You're
0: welcome.
3: <laughs> well, what, well, what I saw it was it has to be a serenade live skit because it's so funny. I'm I'm sitting at the red light, and there's a car in front of me between the car that I'm looking at. So there's a car at the red light, then there's a car in front of me, and then there's me. So three cars, okay? okay. And the guy at the red, <laughs> the guy at the red light opens his driver's door, and all of a sudden he's hanging a chicken outside his door oh come on by, by its leg, okay, a full oh, chicken God. okay a rotary oh, <laughs> chicken and and oh, and, you, you, and then he takes the pan that it's in and dumps it on the ground and you know the pad that sits on the bottom that collects all the drippings, it falls yeah. on the cement. And he leaves it there and shuts his door. So the car behind me, car behind him, which is in front of me, lays on the horn because <laughs> oh he left goodness. it on the cement. Oh and he opens the door, gets the bird... Picks up the thing with his other hand, closes uh, but before he closes the
0: door, he says, you! <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's crazy. I've seen
3: such a thing in my life, it was funny.
0: You know what? I, I love when you call with stories because you always have great stories to tell. And I know that I've heard your voice before, and you've got great energy. And you just keep calling and keep listening because you definitely uh, make my evening. So, thank you, Catherine, in Surrey, BC, one of my buddies. So, uh I'm sure we'll hear from here real soon when there's something interesting to talk about. Malcolm, who's in Vancouver, we're talking about distracted driving and distracted walking. First of all, buddy, I didn't even know distracted walking was really a thing, so I looked it up and did some research. It's actually a thing. You can actually get a ticket for it uh, in most major markets, uh, major, major cities across North America, similar to jaywalking. It's in the same category, but not nearly, I guess not nearly as uh, as uh, lethal. But anyway, tell me your story about distracted walking. No. Or or. No left-wing, not, both. Left
5: wing, not in left, leftist Vancouver will you ever get a ticket. Not a chance. <laughs> a friend of mine's on the uh, Vancouver Police Department, and he told yeah. me once, uh, I said, why aren't you guys going after the pedestrians who keep crossing illegally? He says, the mayor won't let us because he's the head of the police board. He says, leave the pedestrians alone, go after the cars.
0: Yeah, but you know what? That here's from what I'm the, thinking. The
5: mayor of Vancouver to the police a, co- a few years ago. Now my story is this: I was going through a yellow, a yellow light because I had to. I was yeah. making the right hand turn. It's one of those buildings on the right, on the corner that has that yeah. really tight um, framework. To, you know, you've got very little sidewalk, and this yeah. person's running. I from the opposite direction. I can't see them. They run right in front of my truck. I hit the horn. And they back up. I get pulled over. No way. Wait. Yeah, I it's, get it's, yeah, pulled cl- over. Cl- clearly not a just I've, society. Well, here, here's the deal. This is how I got yeah. out of it. I looked yeah. at the cop. I said, did you pass in your, in your training mind reading 101? Because I certainly didn't pass it in high school. I can't tell you what i going to do. You can't give me a- see you in court because my dash cam will defend me.
0: Well, I appreciate. Listen, Malcolm, I, pre- I appreciate okay. the call, buddy, and uh, and sharing your story. Thanks so much. Uh, that's my uh, my new uh, my new pal, Malcolm, He's in Vancouver, and uh, listen. Anywhere you go across this country, BC, Calgary, uh, Edmonton, you know, anywhere, Manitoba, Ontario, Quebec, out to the east, you know, people out there drive and walk too big time, right? Um, I can tell you that Ontario and and, and Alberta have reported uh, outs- outrageous numbers. Uh, around distracted drivers and fatalities around distracted driving and distracted walking. So, here's what I'm thinking right? I'm going to steal a little of this time, although I, I love all these callers and, and you folks just uh, make the show happen. Without you, it's it just not nearly as uh, exciting, I'm certain, for the audience as well. So, uh, keep calling, by the way, 877 399 9898. You can line up your calls because when we get finished this segment, we're going to talk about retirement. And if you've thought about maybe traveling across the country, speaking of driving and distracted driving, how distracted am I going to be in an RV with a big comfy seat? I'm going to fall asleep at the wheel. Anyway, we'll get to that soon. Meantime, let's get back to distracted talking, uh, driving and walking and talking because I see people on their phones. Literally, I know they're on their phones. Either, either that or there is a rash of people in the communities that I've drive through in metropolitan Toronto and surrounding area that have all got a mental health issue that causes them to talk to themselves. Because the only other, the only other answer would be the only other logical answer is they're on the phone talking to people. So here's the deal. Let's get down to it. Cell phones, music, phone calls, taking pictures all while you're driving or walking. No good. You can listen to your phone. You can listen to music in terms of your phone, but there are your earbuds and there are headphones. If you know if you're able to afford them, that will cancel out your music when there's noise, car noise around you, or noise around you that's impending that could cause you difficulty. Right? Like it does in a car. There's noise canceling in, in a lot of the newer vehicles that are equipped with such a thing. So that you can concentrate on what 's around you and it silences your your noise your 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 radio or your phone call by the way, but this distracted driving distracted walking stuff is serious my friends we 're talking about thousands of pounds of steel, murder by vehicle, manslaughter by vehicle i 'm not making this stuff up. you know I drove home from the dentist I was telling from the beginning here you know trying to trying to catch uh, Uh, you know, a little bit of the story early, share the story with you a little bit earlier. Um, But, you know, what I was suggesting here is I was coming home from, or talking about this, I was coming home from a a dentist appointment and, you know, I'm seeing like, I I was standing behind, sitting behind someone at a stop sign who was absolutely distracted by the kid in front of him who was walking across the street on the stop sign on his phone texting While walking, holding up cars in all four directions, people are leaning on their horns, and this 14, 15-year-old kid, maybe nice-looking kid, you know, being, you know, nicely dressed, looked like he, you know, came from parents who should probably have taught him different, (laughs) you'd think. So this distracted walking stuff and the distracted driving stuff is something that we can model proper behavior around our children and loved ones. I want to get into a discussion uh, if you if you're open to it about retirement plans because I got a story. I always have a story, right? I, you know, I always. But my producer says it's more important that I hear your stories, and I agree with her. I think she's she's like my my, my producer Glenn and, and my and and our boss together Kelsey. You know, she she's all over this. She's like, I, you know, we got to hear more from you, and that's what I want to do. I want to hear more about what you have to say about the stuff that. I kind of want to share. So I tell my story. You tell your story. It's so cool. uh, And I'm having so much fun. I hope you can hear it in my voice. We're not talking about fun things necessarily. Perhaps we're talking about people at their, not at their best here in terms of our format, but driving and driving and walking and talking and not concentrating. I don't know, man. It must be a death wish. Okay. So let's flip the switch. Talk about vehicles. I want to imagine, because my wife and I have been talking, I want to hear your thoughts. Talk to me about retirement plans. And have you ever thought about or ever tried getting into a recreational vehicle, an RV, and going on an extended trip? That's who I want to hear from. I need to hear from you about it because my wife said, my wife Pumpkin, that's not really her name, but that's what we call her for her anonymity. I can say that late at night. How do you like that? And Pumpkin says that uh, she's got concerns about whether I could do it. And she has her thoughts, and I have my thoughts, and I want to hear your thoughts. Have you been on an extended RV trip, like months, maybe a year? Because I'll tell you, we were thinking about, I was saying to her, you know, we could go and buy an RV. And we could take a year off, and still I could still work. I could still do radio because there's, you know, built. We have the ability these days to do all this uh, through the internet, through you know, using small, small technology devices. Really simple. You can carry them in a in a briefcase easily. My whole gear wraps up in a basically a laptop bag. I could go anywhere and produce and sound like I sound right now, you know, studio quality. So I could still do my thing. I could still do my therapy over over video on my phone or on a you know a laptop of some sort. But maybe getting on the road and just disappearing, and you know, we we're thinking maybe crossing the crossing the United States and spend a year in an RV. So here's the deal: here's some of the concerns we have. I want to hear the concerns you have. But have you thought about it? And 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 if so, would you feel safe? Like have you ever gone camping? I want to hear if you've ever gone camping, right? And, you know, been in a tent or, or you know, really roughed it, what I call roughing it, and you know, just a sleeping bag on the ground, like, you know, old, old school, if you will, Originals, original camper, OC, original camper. And you kind of worry about what might happen while you're sleeping. Like, I watch enough criminal minds and enough law and orders to know that there's bad guys creeping through the forests everywhere. At least there is on television. So the idea of closing my eyes and sleeping rough in terms of, you know, and a sleeping bag with no cover at all. And then again, I'm thinking, okay, well, what if I had a cover? What if I had a sleeping bag inside of a tent? Well, you know, I huff and I puff and I blow the tent down. I mean, it doesn't take long you know, to realize that's not much protection. And then I'm thinking about an hour, and this is all going through my head while she's telling me about all these wonderful sights we could see. We could go find the favorite, the best breakfasts across the best vegetarian breakfasts. Because she's vegetarian. The best vegetarian breakfasts across the countries. We could go for this. We could go here. We could go there. We could travel. We could stay in these places. We could stay in the RV once in a while. And I'm like, I'm not staying in the RV unless I've got a shotgun under my bed, because if anybody knocks on the door in the middle of the night and they're not supposed to be there, right? I I mean, I I ingest here sort of, I mean, obviously it's not who I am, but you know, the, the reality is uh, the safety factor, that's, what's holding me back. Not the driving of it. I think that's pretty cool. I like the ability to be able to like use the bathroom, use the kitchen part of it, you know, warm some food up, or maybe, you know, uh, maybe, uh, you know, have a little nap or pull over somewhere really nice along the way by a, by a, a river or a stream or a lake and have a nice lunch together. Right. Something like that. But this whole idea of living out of one of these things, actually closing my eyes and going to sleep, that's what's keeping me from thinking about it. But there's a lot of people rolling into retirement these days, like literally using uh, this form as a method to uh, survive, survive housing and so on. So, we're going to take another break because there's lots of breaks to take. We're thank, Thankfully, we have advertisers and we appreciate them like you can't imagine. It's a big part of what keeps us on the air and keeps me paid and keeps my producers and all those folks, uh, keeps us in, in an income and keeps us talking to you. All because of the advertisers. It all comes from advertisers. So thank you so much for advertising. We've been talking about distracted driving, distracted walking, and now we're talking about retirement and maybe jumping in an RV is what I was thinking, although I got a lot of reasons why I don't really want to, but maybe I'm going to. I don't know. I'm so confused. That's why you need to call 877-399-9898. I want to talk about RV experiences. I know that my buddy Ed's in Vancouver. He's waiting to talk to me, but I want to share a couple of things. Somebody asked me to share, uh, sent me a text message. I got lots of texts and calls tonight. I really appreciate you all uh, and taking the time to share with us. Uh, makes our job easier when we know you've got stuff to share because that means we're connecting and If I don't feel like I'm connecting, it's just not really worth doing this, right? So I'm sure you feel the same way. So thank you for listening and being a part of it and the interactive experience that we get to share together. But someone said, talk about uh, bikes on sidewalks. Boy, I have a beef about that. So yeah, bikes on sidewalks, distracted bike riders and all that. That's just right along the same lines as the walkers and the drivers. Ed in Vancouver, what's up, my friend?
6: Oh, I just wanted to tell you—you're you, talking about uh, traveling around in an RV and, li- and living in an RV and crossing the country in an RV. Well, I've been living in an RV for five years now. Wow! A lot of yeah. Well, a lot of people gotta realize it can be really good, but the the biggest problems you're gonna have is when you're in a city like Vancouver. Okay, you cannot have any vehicle over twenty. 20- Feet long, and it can't be more than seven foot high. So immediately you can get your RV towed away. It costs you a 1000 bucks to get it back, and there is a crusade in, in a lot of the cities on RVs, okay? So this is no one of way. the... Well, this is one of the problems that people don't realize, that even, even vans, if your van yeah. is over seven feet high, yeah. you can get it towed away, and And the city doesn't even... They give you one little warning and then the bus comes and you're gone, okay? All your possessions can be in your van. All your whole life can be in there. Your
0: ID, everything...
6: So share.
0: so so so, hang on. I don't want to cut you off here, Ed, but I do want to have yeah. a discussion. I I know you have to yeah. share, but so let's. Oh, yeah. So you're taking your you take your RV to park it in front of a a store or a restaurant. You know, a Subway sandwich. You want to jump in and grab a Subway sandwich. You park your RV because that's what you're driving. That's your home. That's your vehicle. And you're telling me if you wait, if it stayed too long inside the restaurant, they're going to tow it away no 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 they, where
6: where where the problem lies is that it's the overnight okay that you can you can actually
0: ah, as long the you overnight,
6: move your you okay. r v around you're gonna be all right. right, but if you stay overnight in the location bang you can you can get hit right away on that, right, so that's that's wow. one of the it it can be fun, but you gotta also remember Canada's a very cold country too. And it's it's really difficult a lot of times to keep an RV warm. You almost have to. You know, a lot of the RVs were made in the in the United States, and yeah. the insulation factors in RVs in Canada are not really that good. You'd almost have to rebuild it and re-insulate the whole thing to make it Canadian.
0: No way! I never
6: even know, thought have, of it. I could tell. I could. I could write a book on it because I've you been should. living in it. Yeah, I've been living in a. In an RV for five years, and I know all the ups and downs about it. And it it, it can be fun because you don't have to come up with a monthly rent. But at yeah, the same yeah. time, you have got to have your insurance. All you got to you, you know there's there there can be and the, the the greatest enemies are the are the tow truck companies. <laughs> yeah, I never even down, thought if about that. you go that. down to the if you go down to the Vancouver impound up there on Marine Drive. There's yeah. about a hundred of them derelict sitting there that have been towed oh, off the my street, gosh. that people can't get back.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, maybe I should see if I can get a hot deal on one of those there. You know, I've been I'm well, waiting well, to see. Well, I mean,
6: don't, it's like anything. It's like I had an idea of going up into the Yukon and living in a cabin. It'd be all right, but then there's the cold, there's the bears, and you're all, yeah, the, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. A so, it's a romance. It's a So, Ed,
0: are you, Ed, you do this by yourself, or you have a partner or somebody with you? Oh.
6: No, no, I live by myself. But i have actually I've never had that thing of you uh, like what you're talking about being frightened or be or, or worried about somebody because no, I I I I don't have that kind of that, that that I don't ever think like that. But I mean, like I wouldn't be worried if somebody came out my door at night or anything like that. I I wouldn't have that. That wouldn't be a problem. I, I more fear the toe tuck. Truck
0: I hear that. You know what, man? I, I really I, I really appreciate your calling because I never even thought about these, <clears throat> these oh, yeah, kinds of things. Right. you got to the... me-
6: you gotta remember, too, though, the other thing that I should have told you, that yeah. RVs usually have a big motor. Like, mine has a 454 Chevy in it, okay? Now, okay. you're looking about, you because it's a big vehicle, got a, you're looking about uh, five to six miles per gallon. Okay, yeah. for me to yeah. drive my van from, from my Barbie from Vancouver to to Cloverdale is a hundred bucks.
0: Right. So, if you're so, so, so that's so that's right. That's where I, That's where I was kind of going here because I need to ask a few <laughs> questions. I need to ask a few questions. Oh, so you, got you gotta a, you got you, you do a lot,
6: do a lot of research because because there's it, a lot of problems with. Uh, with that it's good but there's a lot of problems too so did you did
0: and you it, do did you do it to save the rent ed did you decide yeah, to did.
6: Be... the rents the rents got so high that i figured it was a good way and and i bought a really nice one from from from, from uh, california but but like we said when you're buying an older rv2 you can yeah. almost spend thousands just renovating it and, and, and because there's always going to be issues with uh you, you know the leaking and all the different things Yeah,
0: different yeah, things. yeah, yeah.
6: I mean so so you could if if you got a hundred grand and you can buy a new one that maybe had an electric motor in it <laughs> you'd be laughing.
0: Well, I'm gonna, maybe I'll do, a GoFund, I'll do a GoFundMe page to see if I can raise that 100 Gs. Thanks, Ed. I appreciate Thanks. the call. And stay okay. safe out there, my friend. Stay safe and stay warm. I, I now know I have an expert out there. His name is Ed in Vancouver. He's rolling around uh, in a beautiful RV from California. So if you ever want to know about RV stuff, you got to check out Ed. I don't know how you do that. He should have a web page, Ed and his RV stories, because clearly the guy knows what's up. Certainly opened my eyes to a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't really contemplate or think about as, uh, as I'm looking at the concept of, uh, of, you know, living in an RV, not living in an RV. And, uh, you know, the other thing is they're, they're pretty big. Like it's hard to kind of hide them. Right. Um, Some people might think it's a little bit, you know, a little bit flamboyant or a little not flamboyant, but a little bit flashy. I don't know. Speaking of flashy, real quick here before we go to the big break and when we're going to come back from the big break, we're going to be talking about the addiction of shopping for the holiday season. It's a real thing, right? It's a real thing. Talk about it and some things you can do to kind of get around it. But have you heard about the billionaire daughter? The 11-year-old billionaire's daughter who's on TikTok showing purses and jewelry. And, you know, people are asking her, how much is that? And this is 5000 This is 8000 Turns out her parents, Emily and Adam, uh, uh, Abraham, they, they own a store that sells second-hand luxury goods. Um, so no one's even sure if the guy's a billionaire or not. And frankly, I don't care. But you think it makes sense for an 11-year-old to be put on? in such a way, apparently she loves doing it, but they're clearly uh, getting a lot of traction from this 11 year old who talks about the tens of thousands of dollars in jewelry and purses and clothing that she's wearing at any given time. And I saw it as a news piece. And I was kind of interested in the, as a story, which is why I'm talking about it here for a minute or two. And then, but when you watch the video, if you look it up, billionaire's daughter, uh, shares jewelry or whatever. You'll see all kinds of you'll, you'll see all kinds of clips that she does, but she's got these three giant guys around her all the time. So this eleven year old now is famous for her billions of dollars that her parents apparently have. So she's a kidnap potential kidnap victim for sure, robbery victim for sure, and she's surrounded by these three giant security guys. Like, how's this kid go to an ice cream? Like, what's a play date at the park look like? Like, she's wearing enough jewelry and enough clothing that the value of them exceeds, you know, what what most people would spend on, you know, a down payment on the place to live if you can find one. How does she get dirty? What happens with that $10,000 purse when it gets covered in mud or ice cream or anything else that kids do? I don't know. Crazy story, crazy situation. But, eh, I thought I'd share it. Uh, maybe I'm the only one. You can text me if you want. Let me know what you think eight seven seven three nine 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 eight nine eight. I don't want to take it as a call because we got so much other other stuff to do. Although I love the calls, you guys are amazing. Uh, but you can send me a text message. Let me know what you think about this uh, this kid uh, kind of out there to grab some views and clicks and whatever you do out there. Uh, but like I said, when we come back from break, speaking of money, let's talk about what it taught what it costs to like feed that frenzy of giving people the stuff you think they need so they love you that much more. Let me tell you, they're going to love you even without the fancy gifts that put you close to bankruptcy or certainly keep you up late at night trying to figure out how you're going to pay for all this stuff. But in the meantime, while you're doing it, big buzz, big dopamine rush. Talking about the pressure that you feel when it's time to start shopping for Christmas. So for a lot of people the season of sales and shopping right it's you're you feel confident you're able to stop when you think you've you know bought enough but you know for a lot of people that's not the case they get a real charge out of um out of being able to uh um you know buy things for people and you know buy something a little bit bigger than they did last year and it's a, it's actually there's a pressure around it right but between decorations and feasts and gift giving and all the winter holiday stuff trips that people sometimes take or weekends and week you know, uh, evenings out or whatever, people spend a lot of money. And when you do so, somehow the brain feels rewarded, right? It's a good, it's like an initial, initially anyway. So that holiday spending feeling, the, the feeling of giving and giving and giving, um, those habits can have negative consequences, as you know. First of all, the ability to, you know, the inability, please, to, as I should say, the inability to be able to sort of slow down and, and, and not shop, um, uncontrollably you know without without looking at budget or 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 the repercussions of spending more than than you want but it's you know for a lot of people it's an obsessive compulsive thing it's a you know and i do have ocd and obsessive compulsive disorder and i can tell you that there are you know i often uh, i control it but i often you know get on my phone or a device and look at look at things that if i'm in that kind of a mood and and i have to control it obviously and try to, you know, I'll look for things to buy. I just don't buy them because I know that I'm going to buy things I don't need. I may buy things I want, but I don't want to buy things I don't need. And sometimes it's nice to buy something little that you want, right? But Christmas time, it's different because it's not about you. It's about everyone else. And you don't want to be the one that shows up with that cheesy little present, right? It's a small box. It's not very heavy to pick up. doesn't rattle very much inside. Like it's nothing, you know, you don't think it's anything special. The fact that you've actually gone out and found something for somebody and pick something that you know is good for them, that's special for them, frankly, you would think that that should be enough, right? Well, it's not for a lot of people and they have a hard time controlling it. So one of the suggestions I'd like to make is pick pick a list, create a list and, and stick to that list and budget that list. In other words, go through that list and make sure that you're able to spend money you can afford. Because the stress and the, and, and the, and the anxiety and the, and the guilt that you feel after the spending, like when the holiday is over and everybody goes ooh and goo and probably puts the toy away or the gift away and you, you rarely see them with it or playing with it because, you know, they just got so much stuff. So I'm a big believer in buying people or, ha- or paying for things that are experiences, especially for young people who get tons and tons of presents at this time of the year, whether it's Hanukkah or Christmas and happy Hanukkah, by the way, to my friends out there that celebrate it. Right, so eight days of Hanukkah. Well, you know, you get one big gift. That's what I do—one big gift and a you know bunch of little books or something throughout the rest of the seven or eight days. Right, you want to make sure that you do, you know, you do the right thing and give people something. But little gifts are important too. They're just as nice, especially if you go out of your way and you pick something special for them. So budget's very important. Spend to what you can afford and only what you can afford, and don't make apologies for what you can't afford get creative in your buying. In other words, buy a series of things that you can put together that become one big present. So a hat, gloves, a scarf, and a sweater suddenly become one big gift, right? And you can buy those things fairly inexpensively. But buying the right color and the right shape and the right, you know, the right kind of design for the people that are in your life, that's the important part, recognizing what they need in particular. And if you go to the mall, if you've been to the mall, it's like it's crazy stressful chaotic time. And you have to understand that we're motivated to do this shopping by the people that are doing the selling. That a lot of the seasonal pressure comes from the 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 advertisements and the and the media and 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 neighbors and friends and kids at school and so on, right? The pressure comes from others not from within. And if the pressure is coming from within, then it's easier to manage. But the pressure is coming from others, you feel guilty by not giving in or not doing the right thing or being that superhero that spends a fortune more than you can probably afford. So recognize your habit. And if you're having a hard time cutting back, you probably need to talk to somebody about it. And if you're an obsessive compulsive person by nature, you probably need to talk to somebody professional about that too. And having a buying partner, I think, I think is a very good thing to have as well. Someone that goes shopping with you. So my wife and I shop a lot together. And when it comes to buying presents for kids and family and so on, she does the majority of the shopping. I may come up with some ideas and, you know, we budget it together and so on. So I have a buying partner. That way I don't spend on things I shouldn't and buy things for my grandchildren or my children or my father, my brother, my loved ones or her. You know, I I went out the other day to took her with me to go buy her something nice in a in a jewelry store, and she wouldn't let me. <laughs> she says, "Well, you'll take me for a nice dinner instead," because I probably would have spent money I probably shouldn't have at the time. I don't know. Just wanted to buy her something nice. The motivation, right? Plus the buying, the whole concept of buying. I I treat so many people that have uh, obsessive compulsive disorder or borderline personality disorder or or bipolar disorder, and all of all of those. Uh, disorders part of the the disorder can be for some uh, you know irrational shopping you know during a manic period like the, the you know, highly active manic period and bipolar disorder you know people go out and spend and do things that uh, spend money on things that they normally wouldn't have if they're in a a, a better uh, mental health frame of mind but it's the dopamine in your brain it's it's the it's it's the the buzz you get from the shopping. The buzz you get from the giving. The giving is a wonderful thing, but it doesn't have to have a value. You know, giving somebody a gift that costs $25 should feel the same as giving somebody a gift that costs $100. The gift is not the part of the giving. It's the giving that's part of the giving, right? I know that sounds ridiculous. But it's important that we understand that the motivation to give should come from a place where it's the satisfaction of giving to somebody who's going to receive it and not the splash or the or the the wow factor of spending way too much money on what you can't afford and buying presents for people that you probably don't need to buy them gifts and if you're buying something for like your superintendent or somebody in your building or someone up at the corner store that you you know you like or whatever, you know gift cards are wonderful, like coffee gift cards like a Tim Hortons or Starbucks or places like that. You know, eating gift cards are great, like a McDonald's, any of the fast food places, submarine, any of those joints, right? Pizza places, great gift cards. Amazon, great gift cards. So there's, you know, a gift card for $20 is a really nice gift to give to somebody or $10 or what you can afford. That's the key, what you can afford. So in order to be able to truly understand what's going on in your head, while you're at the mall going out of your mind, frenzy a frenzy of trying to get to the store to get that one thing or those three things and the place is lined up and it's crazy, right? It's crazy. What some of us I'm not clinically crazy, it's not it's not a clinical term. It's just so bizarre how so many of us go to the nth degree to spend money we don't have to try to make somebody happy who probably would have been just as happy with a gift half as expensive. Right? Or something you made. That's the other option. Make things for people. Buy little gifts. If you're on a spending spree, spend the same amount, spend a smaller amount of money and buy more gifts. You know, dollar stores, by the way, are a great place to buy three or four little items. You throw them together for a kid and they think it's amazing. So here's some options. If you're out of control, you feel like you're just out of control, you probably need to talk to somebody for sure and uh, just get a handle on it before it's so out of control that, uh, you know, you're selling things. You know, like your 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 car, your motorcycle, your boat to try to pay for the Christmas gifts that you just uh, uh, came back with, right? So. I want to get into a discussion here, just to take a tone down. Here, we're going to talk to a to a guest, an incredibly young man that is dealing with his own mental health issues. He's a police officer with the Calgary Police Service, um, and really, you know, coming out the other side of some uh, mental health issues and struggles. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, but imagine, uh, if you will, that you are carrying a heavy bag of bricks uh, on your in your knapsack or in a in a, in a duffel bag of some sort. And every kind of, every day or two, you keep adding to that bag of bricks. So you're dragging it down the street and, you know, it's, you constantly have it on your shoulders and every couple of days, another brick and every couple of days, another brick. And you never get to really set it down. It never really leaves your shoulders. So sometimes even when you take the dapsack off, you can feel the pressure in your shoulders and the marks that's left that are left behind. And you're never able to ask anybody to help you carry it. And you always could, right? But if you did, it would be a sense of feeling, perhaps like a sense of weakness, like you're giving in because you can't carry your own bricks. The reason I'm sharing this story with you, or this situation with you is because for many people, in particular, we're talking about police officers, first responders, that the fact that they need to ask for help because the weight that they're carrying with unsettled mental health, anxiety, depression, uh, trauma, post-traumatic stress, um, and the, the, the task of the job, right? And not being able to ask anybody for help because it makes them feel like they're weak. So they fear being seen as weak, so they just suck it up, deal with it, because they don't want to come off as that guy or that person that, you know, just can't handle their stuff. The Hamilton Union in, uh, is speaking out on how this is a pervasive issue in Ontario. Edmonton Police have an innovative program in place and other police uh, um, unions and organizations the same. I was at the uh, York Region Police Association building uh, giving a talk to some police chiefs a few weeks ago and I got introduced to uh, a person who runs the peer support program for the, uh, the York Region Police Association. I got to go upstairs and see their facility and meet their therapy dogs and I was just so impressed with how much the York Region Police Association does for their, for their officers, for their members. Jazz, thank you so much for being here with me. I'm talking to Jazz, seeing uh, Kane, I believe. He's an officer, as I said, with the Calgary Police Service. Jazz, thanks so much for being here with us tonight and, uh, and sharing a little bit about this very difficult subject, um, how people that are meant to be big and strong Uh, have to ask for help and not be seen as some form of weakness how did you do it give us your story a little bit if you don't mind
7: for sure uh thank you firstly yona for having me and uh, allowing me to share uh my story i've got lots of stories uh kind of of
0: how you how you came to kind of narrow it down like you know sort of how you you know how you realized something wasn't right and how did you get to the point of asking for help and then what happened
7: I actually knew things weren't right uh, when I was a six-year-old child. Uh, oh, wow. I, was, I was sexually assaulted uh, uh, as a six-year-old child. Um, and from then, I decided um, I didn't want anybody to feel the way I did. I wanted people to feel safe. I wanted people to feel like they were protected. So what did I do? I, I became a police officer. And I was, uh, I was, I was given a gun, a taser, a baton, pepper spray. Uh, I was allowed and afforded all these powers to try and help, help people. Uh, When in that time, when I was a child, I needed help and there was nobody there.
0: So did you, did you ever actually, I mean, before we get to the police officer piece, um jazz did you did you uh, and thank you so much for being open i like i, I just like I, my heart goes out to you immediately uh and i'm so sorry for what's for anybody that's ever wronged you in that way uh but did you ever get any help around the trauma and the and the abuse like did did or did you just kind of carry this your whole life
7: i i carried it i um i knew that uh, Guilt and shame, it's amazing how powerful yeah. guilt and shame, yeah. I mean, guilt, I actually felt, I felt like I did something as a 6 old child who deserved to be sexually assaulted. Uh, I felt shame. I was like, I'm, I'm a bad child. I'm a bad person for yeah. being sexually assaulted. And I knew on some rational level that wasn't okay. And I would say that to other people, but yet internally myself, uh, I was, impos- I was an imposter. I didn't believe that. I could sure put that mask on and tell everybody else, hey, do this, and I can help you. But at night, uh, when I was by myself, yeah. I would revert back to that darkness and those feelings of, uh, of, of self-loathing, not being worthy
0: of anything good. So all, all the t- so as an adult now, so you've gone from obviously being a child to being an adult, like all through high school, all through, uh, uh, you know, any postgraduate stuff you did uh, or, or post, uh, you know, like uh, post-secondary work that you did. Uh, all through those years, you just carried that as kind of your own dark secret?
7: Uh, I didn't want anybody to think uh, I was weak, even though I was. It was, and it's interesting, no one has actually said to me, hey, you, this happened to you, you're weak. That was just my perception, yeah. that my real perception in my mind for all those years. But nobody actually, I, I felt it. I was like, everybody's looking at me. Everybody yeah. knows this happened to me. I'm weak. But nobody ever said it to me. It was just in my mind the whole time.
0: How did that affect you? In, in, uh, I know we want to talk about first responder stuff, but this is like so fascinating, and I think it will have an impact on a lot of our listeners. So uh, we'll, we'll just keep chatting about this a little bit, if you don't mind. Appreciate it. Um, so all of the, all of the years of like high school and all of that, like, how did you? Did it hold you back? Did this dark secret, this dark horrible story and secret of what happened to you, this trauma? Um, you keeping it to yourself. I can only imagine year after year after year, how that built up inside your belly to the point where I'm sure it was just hard to breathe. But I um, uh, did you start drinking or, or using drugs or making stupid choices around sexting or texting or gambling or like, how did you handle it all?
7: You know what I would have it, an outlet as such uh, wouldn't have been healthy, of course, but it would have been an outlet. I, uh, I didn't, I just bottled it up. You had an analogy you talked about earlier about the bricks yeah. and the analogy kind of that I used um, with that childhood trauma, then policing as well is that um, it's a, it's a closet. You, you put something in that closet and it's yeah. fine. You don't have to deal with it and it's hidden away, but you keep putting stuff in there and then you you've got your, your feet to the ground and your back to the door holding stuff in and it's going to, it's going to take you over. And, and that's what it did.
0: And with uh, Jazz uh, Singh Cainth, he is an officer with the Calgary police service. He's also uh, re- he, uh, thriving and surviving um, abuse as a child and as a, a traumatic stress as a police officer. Jazz, thanks again for, uh, for being a part of this. You know, I'm reading through some material, um, and I want to get to how you got to it, but you had some pretty good results uh, with some therapy along the way. Um, how did you How did you go from this, you know, story that we were talking about? If you're just joining us, Jazz was talking about uh, his past and some, you know, uh, sexual abuse that uh, he uh, endured when he was young, six six years of age, and kind of carried that all through his his adult years. At what point couldn't you carry it anymore, Jazz? And you had to put the bag down and ask for help. When did that happen?
7: Uh, that happened uh, almost almost two years ago, uh, and it was a what I call a, a ferocious trigger. And of all the things that I've been able to talk about, that's the one specific thing that uh, I just I, I still still working on it, still trying to get there. But this ferocious trigger, uh, it was it was a decision point. It was either um, either I was going to die by suicide, that I wasn't worthy of uh, yeah. being on the earth anymore, yeah. or uh, I had to do something about it. And uh, I live in on a mountain of privilege. I work for the Calgary Police Service. Uh, I reached out, and I what they, they helped me, the organization helped me uh, get into a one-month intensive outpatient program with uh, the use of uh, ketamine
0: yeah we're gonna uh, we're gonna get to that in just a minute um you have loved ones uh family of any kind that you know kids family wife anything like that or partner um anyone that you kind of share this with or are you on your own give me an idea of what the rest of your life is when you're not working
7: uh everything you said uh uh, i'm very 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 fortunate uh to experience great love my life Uh, my parents uh wonderful uh kids uh wife, uh, brother, extended family. Very, very fortunate.
0: So, so didn't, they, so the, all the, the these loved ones, these people that you're so close to and, and are close to you, uh, for all of these years, uh, obviously they must have, they must have known something was off. Did you get any kind of encouragement from anybody that said, you know, I, we're not sure what's going on, but you should probably talk to somebody. Uh, you know, this thought of, you know, wanting to, to, to end your life. Thank God you didn't. I'm really, I'm really thankful that you didn't and you were able to share together here. It's very, uh, very important to me. I hope it, it brings some value to you as well, but, um, your life has real purpose. Needless to say, I'm sure you know all that, uh, now, uh, but in all of these years, so finally you had this traumatic trigger of some sort. I, we don't have to get into it unless you're comfortable. If you aren't, then that's good too. Uh, all of a sudden, a couple of years ago, bingo, after what being on the police force for what a decade?
7: Oh, uh, no, uh, 22 years.
0: So you went out, did the job every day, saved lives, made choices. Uh, you know, worked in the on the front lines, and and you know, all the same time while being, you know, hampered by this uh, this this horrible past. Uh, how did you manage to separate the two? Um,
7: I I made myself small. Uh, that's what I did. I made myself uh, very small and i was i i was a people pleaser i still am because in my mind uh people who were nice they weren't um they weren't noteworthy but people who were bad they stuck out in my mind so i didn't want to stick out for people i didn't want people to notice me i was just i was scared that if people noticed me they saw me they would know what i really was i was a uh, Uh, I was an adult stuck in a six-year-old child's mindset that Mm -hmm. uh, I was stuck in this trauma loop and I didn't want people to to see that weakness because uh, if I was seen as weak, then how could I go out and help other people when they were having their worst day?
0: Yeah. No kidding. Right. It's uh, yeah. I hear like even on my job, right? I'm the therapist and the crisis worker and uh, you know, I, I do stuff around mental health and addiction all day, every day, including, the broadcasting stuff that we're doing now, and I have days, you know, like I have my 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 off days where my anxiety and my you know my anxiety kicks in and my ADD kicks in, and it's it's tough to control. I'm able to kind of hide myself a little bit or actually include it in the work that I do, but for you, not so much, right? And and the other and the other coppers that are out there doing their job, like the the superhero concept of police officers and firefighters and and even EMS type folks, like the superhero concept of of you know nothing should ever rock you because look who you are you got a uniform and a gun and a taser and all those tools to keep you safe when both you and i know jazz that you can't get safe with the tools of the trade if you can't look at yourself in the mirror and be okay with it right
7: completely it's uh, as a first responder it's impossible as we all know in the midst of anger violence and contempt to to say hold on a second just excuse me while i tend how i feel that that doesn't happen it's impossible
0: so the so let's get so you, you you went for help you 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 were put in an intensive outpatient program for 30 days and the entire program was built around ketamine or were you doing other forms of trauma therapy as well
7: there were other other forms of of uh, of therapy as well the the focus was was the ketamine um for me i'll just
0: to get rid, to get rid ketamine, of the memories, right? Mm-hmm. To
7: get rid of the memories. The memory actually never goes away. You know that memory as we're oh, talking right now. I, yeah. I'm sweating right now. And that memory actually never goes away. But what the ketamine uh, allowed for me, and, and that this is what happened for me, it uh, right. it allowed my brain to numb itself enough where... That internal harshness, that self loathing—if I ever spoke to anybody the way that I spoke to myself, I uh, would—I couldn't live with myself. It was—it was that harsh. The uh, ketamine—it was created as as an anesthetic in the '60s, and what it it, helped—it kind of numbed my brain and my thoughts and my feelings to get to being able to see. That, that trauma and feel it without breaking down uh, into into a uh, mess.
0: So in terms of your life today, if you were to give yourself a, a grading, you know, uh, would you say you're halfway where you want to be? You're well on your way to where you want to be? Like, how are you doing in terms of the healing and your ability to continue? I, I assume you're still on the job, right? I am. Yeah. So um now that you've you know got some insights and I'm sure tons of therapy and the clarity that the ketamines allowed you to kind of you know reduce reduce the internal abuse um uh, do you find now that your 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 life has changed dramatically or are you just feeling like little changes?
7: Uh no, my I have changed. I've actually um I can see both sides. I can see when I go to deal with situations, I can try and understand where everybody's coming. Everybody has some sort of trauma that they're right. carrying. And right. when they enter into a situation, it's not necessarily that anger or that resentment isn't because of me. It's because of what they're holding on to. And I know what that feels like because I held on to that for my life. So it's it's about... I'm able to understand and, again, to potentially de-escalate people and not saying I know exactly what you're going to because I don't because no two situations, right. of course, and but no more, two
0: More people. empathetic for sure.
7: Yeah, for yeah. sure. I, it makes sense. And uh, it's, vulnerability is not weakness.